to go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word, open it to Acts chapter 26, and get your sermon notes out or pull them up online if you do that. And um, while you're turning there, uh, I'm really excited. We're going to do two chapters in one day. Still just going to take about 30 minutes. We're going to plow through chapter 25 and 26. We're actually just going to look at one conversation going on in chapter 26. And we're going to learn today about how to have Jesus conversations, how to have gospel conversations. And I can already see on some faces the groaning. Oh, man, not another, not another evangelism talk, you know. That's your job, preacher. You know, that's why you went to school. That's why we hired you. I don't want to talk to people about Jesus. I'll pray for people. I'll maybe invite them to church. But I don't want to have Jesus conversations. I feel weird. I feel awkward. I feel pushy, you know. How many of y'all can agree with that? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And here's how I know. Because this week, this week, my social media feed was inundated, blasted, flooded by people. Some of, all, some of y'all here in this room boasting and bragging and celebrating about the Diamondbacks making it to the World Series. And I guarantee, I, I, I bet none of y'all took a class on how to, how to celebrate your team's win. I bet none of y'all paused and said, I wonder, I wonder if there's some Philly fans on my feed, and I might offend them, you know? I wonder if there's some people who don't like baseball, and I might push them away. No, you just, you just did what comes natural. You celebrated something big, right? Well, the same thing is true for sharing the gospel. I mean, what if talking about Jesus was as natural as talking about sports? What if talking about Jesus was as natural as talking about Taylor Swift, or who she's dating in sports. It can be. It really can be. Every conversation that you have with someone has the potential to be a normal and natural Jesus conversation. It just takes two things. One, you got to care about them. You got to care about where they're going to spend eternity. And two, you got to have a general idea of what you're talking about. You don't have to know everything. You just have to have a general idea of what you're talking about. And that's what we're going to see here in Acts chapter 26. Paul's having a conversation with someone, and right in the middle of it, he takes this conversation about why he's been arrested and why he's been held prisoner, and he uses it to point someone to Jesus. He uses it to have a Jesus conversation. And what Paul's doing here is something that I hope you and I can do in everyday situations and everyday conversations. Maybe not everyone, but in, in everyday situations, any time God might use you to have a Jesus conversation. And I pray, my hope is, is that we will be people who love Jesus, we will be people who talk about Jesus, and that we will be people who point people to Jesus by actually sharing the gospel. Yes, let's live godly lives, let's show the love of Jesus, but let's also share the gospel, all right? So the setting for where we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 26 uh, the setting is that Paul has appealed uh, to have his case heard in Rome. And while he's waiting to be sent to Rome, uh, this guy named Agrippa, he's a king of a nearby area, he comes to uh, Caesarea to pay respects to Festus. Festus is the new governor over, over the region of Judea. And Festus asks Agrippa, he tells Agrippa about Paul's case in order to get his advice on what to do. And Agrippa says, hey, I'd like to meet this guy. I'd like to hear for myself. And so uh, 
Paul gets to tell him about why he's been held prisoner for a couple of years. And he starts off by saying that, you know, hey, look, I've always obeyed the Jewish customs and laws. And uh, I've been a good person. I've been a good follower of of the Old Testament rules. And he was so devout in his Jewish faith that he tried to stomp out this new faith, this new belief called the way. Uh, It was the early Christian church. He tried to stomp them out. But then one day, everything changed in Paul's life. Then one day, he met Jesus. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 26, beginning in verse 12. Let's read. This is Paul talking. He says, one day, I was on such a mission to Damascus, meaning a mission to to, to capture Christians and, and arrest them and maybe even have them put to death. I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. And about noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun, shone down on me and my companions. And we all fell down. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached uh, first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and all throughout Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time so I can testify to everyone from least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly Festus shouted, Paul, you're insane. Too much study has made you crazy. But Paul said, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is the sober truth. And King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. In other words, they were not done in secret. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? And Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am. In other words, become a Christian except for these chains. All right, let me ask you, did you hear it? Did you hear when Paul slipped the gospel in there, when he transitioned from just saying, hey, here's what's happening to me to here's what God has told me to communicate? There's a few key things he, he, he hits on that are a part of just about every gospel presentation, whether you've been trained in evangelism explosion, continual witnessing training, faith, uh, three circles, the gospel hand, share Jesus without fear, the Roman road, whatever. There's three key things that Paul brings out here that we're going to talk about today. He talks about the need to repent. He talks about uh, how Christ redeems, and then he calls for a response. Those three things, repent, redeem, and response. If you can work those into a conversation somehow, as you're telling somebody about Jesus, you will have presented the gospel. And so we're going to look at what Paul does here 
And I think if we can pray for these opportunities and be on the lookout for these opportunities and be ready to share the gospel by using what we're going to learn today, I think God can use you to have a Jesus conversation with someone that will either plant the seed of the gospel or might be the thing that leads them to place their faith in Jesus. So let's look at Paul's model. Let's look at what he did and what can we learn and what do we need to do to have Jesus conversations. Number one is this. If you're following along in your outline, point number one, the first thing we need to do is to lovingly but clearly communicate the need to repent. We need to lovingly but clearly communicate that, that people have to repent, repent of their sins. That's what Paul, he just jumps right into the matter of why he's been on mission for the past 20 years, that he's been proclaiming the gospel and he's been proclaiming the good news of Jesus and that people need to repent, to turn from their sins and turn to God. Here's what he says in verse 19. He says, so King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I obeyed that command uh, that Jesus gave me. And I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and to all the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and to prove they have changed by the good things they do. And I love how Paul introduces repentance into the conversation. He just does it as a natural part of here's what happened to me. Here's why I'm in this, in this situation that I'm in. He's just explaining, you know, hey, I was a, I was a prisoner for, you know, I'm, I've been a prisoner, but it's because I was, you know, I've I shared my testimony. And then he moves into what God told him what to do. And notice this. Notice he doesn't point the finger at Agrippa and say, you need to repent. No, he talks about repentance in a general term, in a broad sense. He's like, look, this is, this is God's message for everyone, that everyone needs to repent. Let me just be honest with you. It is very difficult to, when you're having a Jesus conversation, I get it, it's awkward, it's hard to bring repentance into the, into the discussion, you know, to just lead off with that, like, hello, sinner, that's not what you want to start with, you know, you, you can feel awkward, and you, if you do it wrong, you can come across as, as judgmental and preachy, and we definitely don't want that. But the truth is that people who don't know Jesus need to hear the truth that, that you have to repent of your sins. No matter how good a person is, no matter how hard they try, we all come up short. We all, none of us are good enough. None of us are good enough to get into heaven by following all the rules. None of us are good enough to, to, to please God by doing all the things the Bible, all the good things the Bible says and avoiding all the bad things. So you and I have to lovingly and clear, clearly communicate the need to repent. And so like Paul, rather than when you're talking to somebody, rather than say, well, your life's a mess and you need to repent, talk about it in more general terms. Maybe you start talking about it from your own perspective. You share, hey, you know, there was a time in my life when I realized that my life was a mess, that I was headed in a wrong direction and things needed to change. Like I knew that, that I was making a mess of things and I needed uh, something to happen. So you're, you're talking about me. Well, you, me, not me, me. Okay. So you, first you talk about me. Another way you can do it is you can, you can talk about we, you can talk about in the general sense, say, you know what? We all know that, that we're, we're imperfect. We're imperfect people. You know, nobody's perfect. We all get it wrong. We all wish that we could live better lives, right? And, and generally people say, yeah, man, you know, there's, there's things I wish I'd done differently. You know, we've all got a past or, or, or whatever. And so you talk about it from the general sense of we all need to repent. Or you could go from me to we to he. You could let God's word speak. What does God say about this? Then it's not you saying what they need to do. It's just, look, this is what the Bible says. And I believe the Bible, and here's what the Bible says. And in Romans chapter um, 
3, verse 23, it says, All have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. There's a guy named Ray Comfort. How many of y'all heard of that name before, Ray Comfort? Yeah, Ray uh, Comfort uses this, this strategy. He, he uses the Ten Commandments uh, and lets God's Word speak. As he's, as he's having a conversation with people, he'll ask them, uh, you know, when things get to matters of faith or why he's a believer or what their spiritual background is, he'll ask them about the Ten Commandments, and they'll say, well, are you a good person? And most people would say, yes, I'm a good person. And they'll say, well, you know, you've heard of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I've heard of the Ten Commandments. Let me ask you something. Have you ever taken something uh, that didn't belong to you? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Have you ever lied? Well, yeah, I think so. Have you ever had an inappropriate thought about someone, a lustful thought? Well, yeah. Have you ever used God's name in vain, you know, like as a cuss word? Well, yeah. Okay, so by your own admission, you're a stealing, lying, adulterous blasphemer. Now how good do you think you are? And they're like, oh, man, yeah, you know, I realize. And here's what he's done. He, he has let God's word reveal to them and, he's, and by their own admission, he's let them see themselves in light of God's word. He's helped them see their need to repent. And a very natural response is, oh, wow, I better get better. You know, I better do better. Here's the problem. No matter how hard we try to do better, no matter how much we try to, like, turn things around or turn over a new leaf or change our lives, you know, we're always going to come up short. And that's where God comes in. That's where Jesus steps in. The first thing we do is we lovingly but clearly help them see the need to repent. The second thing we do is we share how God redeems us through Jesus. The second thing we do is we share how God redeems us through Jesus. To redeem something means to buy it back. It belonged to you. It was yours at one time. Somehow it got out of your possession. Maybe you lost it. Maybe someone stole it. You know, maybe you pawned it, whatever. But now you found it again, and you're like, I want that back, and so I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to purchase it again. I'm going to pay the price for it. That's what it means to redeem something, and that's exactly what Jesus did. He paid the price for us. He bought us back with his death on the cross. Listen to how Paul works this into the works in this idea of redemption of Christ's death uh, on the cross and his resurrection into the conversation. Acts 26 verse 22 and 23, Paul continues. He said, "But God has protected me right up to this present time, so I can testify to everyone from least to greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah, talking about Jesus, would suffer, die on the cross, and be the first to rise, be raised from the dead, uh, and rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. What Paul's saying here is, look, I'm only teaching what everybody already knows, what the Old Testament's been speaking about, what the Bible teaches. You know, I'm just proclaiming what the Old Testament and Moses and the prophets said would happen, that there would be a Messiah. And the Jewish people have been looking forward to a Messiah. And the Messiah is Jesus. And Jesus suffered. He died on the cross, but he was the first to rise. God raised him back to life. And now he is the light shining in the darkness, announcing to the world that this is the way to God through faith in Jesus, through belief in him. And so Paul is working in this, this idea of redemption. He's sharing the good news that you no longer have to be good enough, that you no longer have to pay for your sins through your effort and through your work and through your sacrifices, that Jesus has paid it all. You have been redeemed. Romans 5, 8 
says God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And then one of my favorite verses for sharing the gospel, you can get the whole gospel just in this one verse, Romans 6, 23. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, this is good news. This is really good news. And this is the good news that people need to hear. This is the good news that people want to hear, whether they realize it or not. Look, we all know we need to repent. Even people who don't know Jesus know, yeah, I need to get my life straightened out. I need to get things turned around. The thing we have to get to is, 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 like I said, we try to get better. We try to do better. What people need to hear is that everything's already been done. You don't have to do anything else. It's already been done. The only thing you have to do, matter of fact, the only thing you can do is believe that it's already been done for you, that Jesus has done everything, that Jesus has paid it all. And through Jesus, God redeems us. That's the good news people need to hear. Yes, you need to repent. You need to turn from your sins and turn to God. How do I turn to God? By placing my faith in Jesus that he has already redeemed me. He's already paid the price. So you've told him the bad news. You've got to repent. You've told him the good news that God offers redemption. And then you just walk away and say, good luck, right? No. How many of y'all ever been to a, a, a car, you, court, lot, you all been to a car dealership, right? You know, some of y'all, you know, pray for you. You know, you go, man, they just, just, they're on you, right? And you can't leave that lot without making a decision, right? Well, I'll come back. Well, how about today? You know, they, they're just selling you a car and they won't let you leave without a yes or no. We're trying to help people get into heaven. We're trying to increase the future population of heaven and decrease the future population of hell. So let's get to the third thing. Number three, give people a chance to respond. Don't just share the information. Give them a chance to respond. Give them an opportunity to respond. That's what Paul does in verse 20, uh, 25 through 27. Paul says, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is the sober truth, and King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I'm sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. They were not done in secret. Paul's talking about stuff that has been going on uh, for now about 20, maybe 25 or 30 years. You know, this is not, this stuff about Jesus, his, his death, burial, and resurrection, and the, the, the spread of the gospel is not new information. And then verse 27, look what he says. He says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. In other words, do you believe what the Bible has said about all this stuff? I know you do. Paul asked Agrippa the most important question anybody could ask. Do you believe? After all you've heard, after all you've understand, after all the information, after how God has revealed himself to you, do you believe? That's Paul giving Agrippa a chance to respond. That's Paul giving him a chance to say, he's asking him basically, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this information you've been given? I love what Romans 10, 9 promises us. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, what's going to happen? You will be what? Saved. If you go to church a bunch, no. If you teach a connect group, no. If you come and set up a car in the back parking lot with a monster and give out candy and spend all night doing that. No. Although that was really fun a couple nights ago, wasn't it? It was an awesome event. Yeah, no. If you do this and do this and do this and do this and do this, you will be saved. No. All you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be 
saved. Uh, now, here's the deal. I've heard it said, uh, I've heard that it takes several times for someone to hear the message you just heard, the gospel that you just heard. It takes several times for them to place their faith in Jesus. You know, maybe six, seven, eight times on average for someone to hear the good news and respond. Which means if you're the first person to share Jesus with them, don't be surprised if their answer is, is not an enthusiastic yes right away. Don't be disappointed if they don't place their faith in Jesus right then. You may be the first or second or third person who's ever told them about Jesus. But what if you're not? What if you're the fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth? That conversation that you have with them, that Jesus conversation that you're timid about, and you're like, I don't know. I mean, you know, they know I go to church. They can come anytime they want. That conversation might be the thing that gets them across the line. Don't chicken out. Don't back out. Here's a few questions you can use to help people when they get to that place after you've shared with them the need to repent, that, that God redeems us through Jesus, and then you call on a response. Here's a few questions you can ask is, does what we've talked about make sense to you? That's a simple yes or no question. If they say yes, then you move on to the next one. If they say no, then you say, okay, what part of it do we need to clarify? And you may not be able to clarify it all right then. That may, you may set, set up for another conversation next week, which lets you keep on having Jesus conversations. So does, does what we talked about make sense to you? If they say yes, then you move to the next question. Is there any reason why you wouldn't want to place your faith in Jesus? Well, if everything made sense, then the next question they're probably going to say is, well, no, there's no reason. But they might also say, well, I don't know. Well, you know, my family is a different faith, and, and I don't know how they're going to respond. They may have any number of reasons. That's okay. Say, well, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray for you, and hopefully we can talk about this again soon. Okay? You don't just shut it down and say, oh, well, loser, you missed out. No. You love them. You care about them. You want to see them come to faith in Jesus and say, all right, man, I'm going to pray for you. I'm gonna, and maybe we can just continue this dialogue. But if, they say, but if you ask, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to place your faith in Jesus? And they say no. Then you get to the next question, which is, would you like to pray with me right now to become a Christian? And when I get to that question and they say yes, I'm like, really? Because it's always such a surprise to me. Because so many people, I never get to that. But it's such a joy. And if they say yes, then you go, great. Let me pray with you. And here's what I do. I say, I'm going to pray for you, okay? And I'm going to just do a little short, very brief prayer. You know, hey, God, this is me and so-and-so, and they're ready to place their faith in Jesus, and uh, I'd like you just to hear their prayer right now. And then I'm going to tell them, now, you just repeat after me. And if at any point you don't understand something, just stop me. And they're like, okay. And then I'll just go through the simple, I use my hand because I almost always have my hand with me. And I'll say, all right, the, God, I know that you love me. I confess that I'm a sinner. I believe in Jesus. And I pause long enough for them to repeat those things. I believe in Jesus, that he died for my sins. I'm ready to place my faith in him. I'm ready to be a Jesus follower. And I do this. I should have done this one as faith. And I do this by faith that Jesus has done it all. Thank you for saving me. It's just that simple. And then when it's over, I'll say, hey, did you mean what you prayed? And they'll say yes. And I'll say, man, the angels are rejoicing in heaven because of what you just did right now. That's pretty easy, isn't it, guys? By the way, did you notice the verses I gave you were all came out of Romans? What's that called? The Roman road. Mark those in your Bible. Highlight them on your phone so that you can, you can ask people. You can turn and say, hey, read this verse. What does that mean to you? And you can just take them through. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9 and 10. 
That's a super simple way just to say, what does that mean to you? And you can, you can walk them through that. So, guys, there's nothing that will bring you more joy as a Christian than getting to lead somebody to faith in Christ. There is absolutely nothing, that, that, and, and it doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to feel awkward. Definitely don't be pushy or a jerk or whatever. But if you pray about it and you ask God to give you an opportunity, I, I know because I've experienced it, I know God will give you a chance to have Jesus conversations. And you might just plant the seed of the gospel, or you may be the person that God uses to lead that person to faith in Christ. So here's my question for you is, will you do that today? Will you pray for opportunities to have Jesus conversations? Maybe you pray, God, this week I want to have a Jesus conversation. Maybe, maybe next month I want to. Maybe we got Christmas coming up. There's no easier time to have Jesus conversation before the end of the year. Maybe even a specific person that God lays on your heart. Lord, let me have a Jesus conversation with blank. Will you do that today? The other thing to ask is maybe some here today, maybe your decision, your decision today is you're hearing all of this and you say, you know what? I need to have a Jesus conversation with God right now. I need to place my faith in, in Jesus. Before I can tell somebody about, about him, I got to believe in him myself. And after all I've heard and after everything that's been explained to me, this makes sense and I'm ready right now to become a Jesus follower. If that's you, you can pray and invite Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You go to the Lord in prayer with me all across the room, every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to God in prayer in the time of response. Heavenly Father, move upon our hearts. You have been moving through your word, through the, uh, the, the sacrifice of praise that's been lifted up, through the teaching of your word. And now, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit continues to move upon us. God, I pray that you would call believers to a renewed desire to point people to Jesus, to have Jesus conversations. Yes, to pray for people. Yes, to model Christ, but also to share Christ by sharing the gospel, sharing the good news. Lord, would you give us a heart for people to love them and to care about their eternity? And would you give us a humble boldness to share Jesus? Would you just, if you're a Christian in this room right now, would you just offer that prayer up to God? God, give me a humble boldness to share Jesus with blank, whoever that person is. Give me a humble boldness to share Jesus with blank. And if you don't have a blank, if you can't think of a person, then God, open my eyes to the lost around me. Open my eyes. Maybe you're here today and you're not a believer, but you're ready to become one. If you're ready to place your faith in Jesus, you can pray a simple prayer, just like we talked about a moment ago. If you're ready to begin following Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with me right now? Christians, be praying for those to your left and right, those in front of you or behind you. If you're ready to place your faith in Jesus, just pray, pray this prayer with me. I'll, I'll say a sentence and you can repeat it to God. God, I know that you love me. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins, that he rose again. Today, I'm ready to become a Christian. I commit my life to Christ. And I do this by faith in what Jesus has done. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen.